You're listening to the DeFox and DeFrank show. We are back for season three after, obviously, two incredibly successful seasons, high ratings, but we are here to set all kinds of records this year. Um, it is basically college football season right around the corner. Um, I mean, let's get right into it. We're going to be doing individual conference previews for the Power Fives. Um, B. Frank will tell you there's power six when it comes to basketball, but as the Big East does not have a football conference to speak of comparative to the ACC, we are going to leave them out of it. Uh, but let's start with the ACC. And the big question that we have to start with is who's going to win it? Yeah, that's, uh, it's always good to be back first and foremost, but. Basketball season long behind, obviously excited about football. Coastal division, you got to think, is Virginia Tech's to lose. They looked so good last year. They had probably the most impressive, one of the most impressive Septembers of any team and then didn't really sputter down the end, but wasn't they weren't as impressive. Um, so you got to go with Justin Fuentes and company in the Coastal, Atlantic, Clem- who's going to beat Clemson? Is there anyone? Because I don't. Looking up and down, I don't see anyone that will take them out. NC State might be their best chance, Florida State, but there's so many question marks there. Yeah, I really don't know what to expect from Florida State. I've got Clemson as the ACC champion for sure. It's Mm -hmm. pretty similar roster makeup from last year. The defensive line, probably the best in the country. Kelly Bryant's back, but he might not even be the best quarterback on the roster. Um, and just a plethora of skill position guys who are going to just give defenses, defenses nightmares. I think the Coastal really comes down to Virginia Tech, as you said, or turnover chain with Miami. Um, I can kind of get into that head-to-head a little later, but, I mean, for me, I think it's, Pretty pretty cut and dried at this point, on paper at least. We do still have to take, play the games, but I think Clemson looks like they should have a pretty significant advantage over the rest of the conference. Absolutely, and, and like you said, uh, Kelly Bryant may not even be the starter there, which is going to be a, a theme throughout. As you'll see, as we go conference by conference, there are incumbents or returning starters at quarterback that might not even be the most talented or most worthy that might get the uh, the nod over some younger guys. Yeah, and I mean, this isn't going to be at schools like, I don't know, Kansas or Rutgers. Like, these are some of the best teams in the country. Clemson, obviously, one of those teams. Um, and I guess we can, we can talk about that really quick. That was one of the big storylines I had for the ACC, but you have Kelly Bryant, a guy who I would say is probably playing with house money a little bit because he wasn't necessarily expected to be the starter last year, pushed out a five-star Hunter Johnson, who's now going to Northwestern for some reason, one of the worst offensive schools in America. Facilities. And... <laughs> I mean, that is a big selling point. They have some pretty sick facilities now. Um, but Trevor Lawrence smashed uh, Deshaun Watson's Georgia High School state records. Now he's coming in uh, 41 touchdowns, one pick his senior year. 
Um, depending good. on what depending on what site you're viewing, the the top or second best prospect in the country. Um, so I mean, it's it's not a case of the rich get richer. This is just an unbelievably first world problem for Clemson to have. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty funny too because they they have just such a mix and match of talent. Like, obviously a prolific passer. Kelly Bryant's known for his legs. Like, can, can the world get a little better for Dabo Sweeney? Like, Florida State has three quarterbacks, meaning they have zero. Uh, Louisville has nothing anymore. NC State has Ryan Finley. Miami might be decent. Virginia Tech's going to be good. But other than that, this is this looks like, in my opinion, a cakewalk for Clemson. Yeah, not to disparage the rest of ACC either. Like there, there will be a lot of those teams you mentioned will be top fifteen, top twenty-five teams. Um, but yeah, Clemson is just on a different level. They have completely changed the narrative from when they were a punchline. Um, obviously, winning the Natty a couple of years ago will will help that. But they're they're consistently in this position preseason favorites um, in the ACC, which is a huge, huge accomplishment. Um, but looking down the line a little bit under maybe some of those 1-8 tier of teams, who's a sleeper you could see jumping up and maybe not resting the trophy out of Clemson's hands, but you know, surprising a lot of people. I was going to say Florida State just because they have so many question marks, but that's that's a cop-out answer, and that's not what I do here. Uh, so I'm going to go Boston College. Steve Adazio's done a great job over the last year and a half. They played some really good football towards the end of the year last year and have one of the best running backs in the country coming back along with a an improving defense. So... Honestly, I think I think BC can finish right where they were last year. Maybe get to that eight and five mark, but five hundred and or above in the ACC is is really good, especially considering uh, where Boston College has been in the past. Yeah, so that uh, the tweet making the rounds comparing their recruiting to Texas and kind of what they've done with those guys is very impressive. Basically, Steve Adazio just loves when guys are being dudes. And I mean, they, they play a, a hard nosed brand of football that has made them more and more competitive from when they were just horrendous, um, and not beating anybody. Um, I'm, I'm going with the, uh, same school as last year, actually. And that's NC State. A lot of talent, especially at the skill positions is gone. Bradley Chubb, obviously. Mm-hmm. A huge loss, um, both literally and what he actually brings to the table. Um, he was dominant as he was last year in college football, but I mean, Ryan Finley can really be that good. Um, he's a guy who has a real opportunity to improve his already pretty good NFL draft stock. And I mean, in a, in division with, with Clemson and Florida State, NC State will always be overlooked no matter what they've done in recent years. So, I mean, I, I definitely think they can surprise a couple teams and, and make that race interesting. Yeah, I, and I always have to make it clear because I didn't put Ryan Finley as one of my top 10 quarterbacks, really top like 15 quarterbacks in the country. I think he's good, like very good. 
And I think NFL teams are going to drool over him. But I think the ACC is – I picked some guys that are going to put up gaudy numbers over, you know, maybe who is the most technically sound or, you know, guys like that. So just just want to – anyone who happened to read that blog post. But uh, he, he is for sure a, a solid quarterback and definitely one of the top, I'd say, 20 coming back in college football. Yeah, I mean, don't worry. I I took no offense to that. Um, but in terms of players you want to keep an eye on in the ACC, who are some guys you circled? I mean, it's got to be whoever comes out of that Florida State quarterback mix. Francois coming off the bad injury. James Blackman was just meh. I mean, I I don't know what they're going to do and who they're going to go with there. Um, that's that's one, and then. Uh, you gotta go. I think I think you gotta go. Kelly Bryant at Clemson is the other player to watch, just because he's got some pressure now with you know so much talent right behind him that he's got to play well. And you know, if he gets hurt again like Syracuse last year, there's no saying that he doesn't give up that starting job and, and doesn't come back. Right, and I mean honestly, the the two biggest storylines I had for the ACC coming into the year, those two quarterback races, Clemson and Florida State, because, I mean, at the end of the year, obviously, you lose your starter game one against Alabama. That's very hard to deal with mm-hmm. um, for, I mean, just about any school except, you know, Georgia last year, obviously. Right. Um, but their, their passing game was pretty anemic for a school of their prestige and, I mean, blue bloodness in the college football world. They average 196 passing yards a game, but really won't get it done if you want to be nationally relevant. Um, so, Trace is going to be important. Obviously, Blackman had a good amount of opportunity last year to kind of rest that job away. Didn't do as much with it to really make that an easy decision for you know, Jimbo or now Willie Taggart. But, like, Francois' health is still going to be called into question. I don't know that he is fully, fully recovered from that injury. So, I mean, Florida State's going to decide on the quarterback, but whoever they decide on, I don't think there's going to be 100% confidence in that guy. Yeah, and even Bailey Hockman's making a case from what I've been reading in in spring camp and and over the summer here. He, you know, shows showing some potential, which is I mean all you can really ask for at this point. You've got a guy coming off a very serious injury, a five-star freshman and another one that haven't really had the the time or the chance to make plays. Although I guess you could say Blackman has had a chance, but it was with a completely turned around roster that is you know, nothing like uh, it would have been with Francois healthy. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, this doesn't apply to Florida State necessarily because these guys are a lot more talented than some of the other QB races you'll see around the country, but sometimes it really just comes down to not necessarily the guy who wows you or blows you off, you know, the field, but the guy who simply makes the fewest mistakes right. just wins the war of attrition. So we'll see if it comes down to that. Um, but in terms of my players to watch, 
I skewed more towards running backs. I think Cam Akers is going to take a leap over last year uh, for Florida State and really going to be the focal point of that offense because it is very possible that they have some quarterback struggles again. Um, obviously, if they don't, it takes a lot of the pressure off of them and he can put up even bigger numbers, but he's going to be a big part of that either way. And Travis Etienne for Clemson. Um, Stupid fast. Casually as a freshman. 7.3 yards of the carry, 13 tutties. Uh, he's going to look to expand on those. And you know whoever's quarterback for Clemson is going to garner most of the attention. So, you know, assuming he's improved in the offseason, which I think is a very safe bet, he's going to just be a nightmare for defenses this year. Yeah, I, like I was saying, he's just ridiculously quick. Um, if they keep Bryant in the, the backfield at quarterback, it, it just adds another uh, person, another guy defenses have to lock in on, which spreads them too thin. Um, and then really the uh, the other storyline I have is just who who is really going to assert themselves in the Coastal. And I think for me it comes down to not just Miami, Virginia Tech, and those guys um, will play late in the season, November 17th, um, which will likely decide the division, but I think it'll come down to which guy improved more over last year, and that's Malik Rozier and Josh Jackson, both who showed flashes of brilliance when their respective teams were really playing well, but made some mistakes that are fairly typical of young quarterbacks over the course of the season, so... I mean, obviously, I think you like Virginia Tech and Josh Jackson a little more, but mm-hmm. I think that's the, the key matchup, even though they're not going to be on the field at the same time. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm all in on Josh Jackson. I don't know what it was that I saw early last year, but every time I go back to him, I keep wanting to move him higher and higher up my list of quarterbacks, and sometimes you just can't do it. But he, he cracked the top 10 for me, or at least top 12. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he's right up there. I think he's going to be solid all season long. He's, he's you know, second year running the offense. It's tough as a freshman to do so, and uh, now he's really getting a chance to shine with, with a solid unit. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree. I think the uh, Miami is going to be a beast in the Coastal on the backs of their defense. Once again, I mean, it's it's hard to play for that team and not get jacked up about the turnover chain mm-hmm. and fly around all over the field. And that's that's really what they rallied behind um, until Wisconsin, like the, the polar opposite yeah. personality-wise. Which uh, <laughs> is pretty funny, but um, that's, yeah, that, that's going to be their MO again and I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. Probably a lot of of games just building up to that point. Um, I mean, Virginia Tech also has to travel to Florida State for the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. And the, probably the the best crossover game. But Willie Taggart's debut going up against one of the probably three or four best teams in the whole conference. It'll be a great barometer. And I mean, to to an extent, how ready Florida State is, because 
this time last year, we were talking about it was a coin flip between Clemson and Florida State. Right. Their seasons diverged drastically, and now Florida State almost has to prove that they can be in that class of college football once again, which is incredibly weird. Yeah, it's it's going to be a, a tough year. It's kind of like a uh, reset for Willie Taggart yet again. He he was in the same situation last year, and now he comes into Florida State and has to, you know, approve it year in year one already. And it's it's a little unfair for him, but you know what? I think this is this is what he looks for, and obviously, you know, you're not going to find too many better jobs in America than Florida State. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure he's he's very aware of that pressure and the expectations of the fan base when he took the job, and I'm sure he'll be uh, ready for the challenge. That's certainly the the highest profile coaching change within the conference, and I mean, pressure is going to be squarely on his shoulders from the first kickoff of the first game of the year. For sure. Uh, anything else you wanted to touch on in the ACC? I was going to quickly mention what the hell is happening at North Carolina with Larry Fedora. Uh, how how long can this guy go before he gets fired? I, I don't know. I mean, it, he... Uh, He's benefiting in a way, I think, from other coaches grabbing headlines for the wrong reasons because he's kind of been swept under the rug a little bit. Yeah, I mean, but the, and this this has gone back a while though. Like this, all these North yeah. Carolina issues, and he just seemingly will not die from them. Whatever you know, whether it's the NCAA claiming they spend three years investigating and can't find anything about fake classes or you know, the players selling shoes or whatever the hell it is. He he just seems to find a way every time to stay alive. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I keep having the same feeling about North Carolina basketball too, because yeah, this is, this was an investigation that the NCAA was making such a big deal over. Mm-hmm. I mean, justifiably because there were, I mean, just, so many blemishes on their academic record. You mentioned the fake classes. Um, yeah. But apparently it just doesn't matter. Yeah. I guess. Or like, I don't, I don't know what, what to think of this one. I, I feel like every college basketball preseason, it hits me again. It's like, I see North Carolina in the top 10. It's like, wait, what, what's going on with this investigation? They're clearly, not doing everything above board, but there's just no punishment forthcoming. That's what it's looking like. I don't know. That, that, that athletic department just has dirt on everyone at the NCAA, I guess. Yeah, they must. But yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's the ACC. Looking like Clemson's year again, at least in the conference, we'll see about the national title picture. Uh, We will be back next time uh, to talk about the Big 12.